You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. It's uh, running a little bit behind, so I guess I better start. Um, I'm just going to go through and, and talk a little bit about, um, let you know a little bit about me, and then I'd like to get to know a little bit about you guys briefly, um, and and then we'll jump into, I, I have kind of a, a brief lesson that I, that I want to go through. It's kind of, we can make it interactive, it's, it's, it's really a kind of a 45 minute lesson that that I would give to a um, in front of an audience, but I, it, it's what I did was kind of revise it and figure this is going to be more marker one, be more of a training time. So find out what kind of questions you guys have, and and um, just commend you for taking on that role. It is, I think, it's a huge need in the church. And probably about ten years ago, we launched something in the region, and and it just kind of even exposed how much more need were there in terms of finances. So, um, I got baptized in 1991. Um, it was a while ago here in L.A. Uh, I got married 13 years ago. I got two kids, a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. Um, and I spent quite a bit of time in the singles ministry. So, um, I can I can relate to, uh, you know, I led singles ministry for a while out in, in our former sector. And, um, and then in terms of my financial background, like Marco said, my family's had a financial planning business for 45 years. I've worked in there for 18 years, and most of the work we do revolves around retirement and estate planning. So it's not necessarily budgeting, and, and a lot of the stuff that you do with financial sharing is going to pertain to budgeting and, and some more um, kind of basic stuff. But I'm going to go through and kind of we'll talk about some of the things that I think work, practicals, and because it is, it's one of those things that most people, they don't want to talk about. I mean, when people ask you about your finances, it's kind of one of those things that it's difficult to share all the details. And, but what I'd like to do is just start and say your name and what ministry you're part of and, and what you do for work. Hi, I'm TK. I'm part of the South Bay Ministry, and I work for Chase Bank as a relationship banker. Hmm, okay. My name is Lori, and um, I am a retired nurse, and now I am running my own daycare business. Mm, good. Uh, my name is Sandy, and I work at Direct TV in the content department, and I've been a receptionist for three My name is Jose Huerta. Uh, currently, I'm a line cook at a restaurant in Mosa Beach called Fish Shop. All right, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. I saw that place on the way to Americosca. Mm. Yeah, it's off of the pier. Okay. We were wondering if it was any good. It's, it's great. Especially in the morning when I'm there. I'm heading Florida. I'm actually getting restored right now um, into the South Bay region. So, um, But I work in sales. I just moved here, relocated from Chicago. Oh. Um, I'm Zyra. I'll be six next month spiritually, and I'm a nanny, a student, uh, assistant, and a blog research. Anything else? <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty much. And my name is Jennifer, and I just came back from Lebanon last week, so I'm really like, I'm not a student yet, I'm not working yet, <laughs> so I'm just adjusting to the change again. Okay, good. Welcome. 
Let's see, let's go to First Chronicles 29. One example I like using is, think about it for if tomorrow morning you woke up and you got a phone call and you found out that a relative has left you $10 million. <laughs> Just a large sum of money. Figure to the point where money would not be an issue for you. You, don't, you wouldn't have to worry about bills. I mean, unless you spend an exorbitant amount of money, money basically wouldn't be an issue for you any longer. Kind of how would you treat that? You know, what would you do with it? What are some of the things that, what are some of the things you would, you would spend it on? What are the things you would invest in it? Um, you know, some would say, hey, I'd give generously. I'd give X percent to the church. I'd give X percent to the poor and needy. I'd pay off debts. I'd help family and friends that have needs. Yeah. I'd be financially responsible. But think about it. What about the money that God's already given you, that he's already entrusted to you, whether it's $100, $1,000, $100,000? You know, how are we doing with that already? Because it's kind of a beginning, and, and I'll tell you, in my business, a lot of parents will do that to test their kids. I'm, and when I say kids, some of these are 60, 70-year-old kids. They'll give them some money just to see what they do with it, and they'll see if they, they spend it right away or they'll leave it in there and let it grow. One of the... Um, one of the clients that my father worked with for a long time, the kids end up inheriting, you know, two large sums of money. After about three years, one son had spent almost all of it. And the other one didn't, didn't touch it. He just kind of, it was amazing because I remember before the father passed away, one of the sons actually called the week before he passed away and was asking for kind of a, um, an advance on the money and oh we God. said you know your dad's not even dead yet you know wow. you can't you don't you can't take possession of it legally um, but it just kind of surprised me kind of the nerve of, wow. of thinking that way um, but let's look at first um, chronicles 29 so this was written at the end of David's life and um, let's see can someone read that verse 11 and 12 it says Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. Yours, you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Thank you. So, who owns everything? It's God, right? Um, so this is a concept that sometimes it's difficult to understand. It's kind of that God's the owner of it all. We're the managers of it. But what are some of the differences between owners and managers? Managers, uh, it's their job to to handle what, what the owners have. And the owners take full responsibility for what they have. Anybody else have an example? Well, I would think that for the owner, if something was like, you know, lost or whatever, it's like under them, it's like, okay, well, whatever, it's under me anyway. But with a manager, like, you report to someone else. Mm -hmm. And if something happens, that's like on your behalf, no matter the workers. Like, nobody goes to the workers, they go to yeah. the manager to see what has happened. Yeah. <coughs> say something? No? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I yeah. think for me, like, as the owner, you're more personally attached to it. Like, you take it, like, if somebody steals from you, you're like, that's out, that's, 
not even necessarily money, but like that's my person that did that. It's like a personal attack on me. There's a lot more invested when you're an owner. When you're a manager, it's not really your money. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, it's like, I didn't have to pay for that extra shipping cost. It wasn't really my money, so I'll just sign off on it because, I mean, that's just unfortunately the way it is. But the owner's like, man, that's money out of my pocket because it's theirs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, the manager is just, he's in charge to you. Make sure that everything is running smoothly and he charged you, use the money or whatever is given to him properly and to meet all the needs of the company or whatever that he's in charge of. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because this past weekend we went to this, um, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend, so I took my wife to this, this little inn and it was weird because we checked in and there was like nobody there. Well, that's almost strange. You know, it's code to get in, so we code our room, and then, and uh, I didn't, I don't typically do this, but I, I wanted to check some of my Wi-Fi, where we're going to have dinner at, so checking in, and I'm like, oh, no Wi-Fi connection, so that was gone, didn't have Wi-Fi the, the, for that whole 24-hour period, so I don't got to live with that, but there was all these issues that kept coming up, and there was no one to contact, and there was one number to contact, so I, I called that, and it was kind of like, well, sorry, I can't, can't really help you, and we were like, oh, it's kind of strange, so then kind of just said, okay, whatever, we'll just blow it off, and, and uh, breakfast is good, we, so we go downstairs for breakfast, there's nothing there, we're like, hmm, it's weird, bed and breakfast, and no, no breakfast, this <laughs> 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 is like the strangest place you've ever been to, <laughs> so I called the owner, and, um, and it turns out she was, she was out of the country, she was in Scotland, and I said, you know, I just, I just want to bring to your attention, this is, uh, we're not sure what's going on at your place, I, I thought, I thought maybe it was in bankruptcy, and they just, they got the point. They didn't care, right? Yeah, Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, when, like when, when, when it gets to the point when they're they're not going to make any more money on it, they just kind of well, we'll just forget about it. Um, but it was funny because you know I got some apologies from them. Oh, sorry, you know. And but it was funny that night I got an email from the owner, and she's like, "We're so sorry. We're gonna." Um, well, I did ask if they would comp the room. I, I said it very graciously. I said, hey, you know, based on the circumstances, da 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 da. But they did, and then she said, oh, "I want to offer you a free weekend." Um, and then she sent me another email and was kind of, you know, I'm so sorry, this is not, uh, this is not like us, we're, we're normally, but it just kind of, it made me think about just kind of that owner-manager relationship. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, when you think about our money, we're the managers, right? God's put us in charge of these assets and kind of wants to see, you know, how are we, how are we doing with those things? How are we doing with what he's put us in charge of? It's hard to think that way sometimes. Especially when it comes to, I think about times when I've been, somehow or another, I've acquired uh, um, an asset, and I've got to, and I'm thinking, okay, I got I want to give some of it back to God. And I remember one time when it was the first home we owned, we sold it, and it did, did pretty well. But that was the hardest check I had to write. I was like, why is this so difficult? It's easy given my tithe on a weekly yeah. basis, and it's easy kind of giving, you know, for day on hope, but this is really hard, and it was almost like I sat there and I was actually trying to figure out reasons why I shouldn't give it. Mm. Like, maybe I should get advice on this. This is probably <laughs> not a good decision. Yeah. Um, and, but I think Satan plays those games with our minds. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I felt good about this until something challenged my faith. Um, Okay, let's move on. Uh, Proverbs 22. A little bit about debt. The Bible does talk about that. Um, Proverbs 22, verse 7. If someone can read that. 
The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the feelings you have when you're behind on your bills or have debts that you can't keep up paying? What are some of the feelings that go through your mind? Anxiety. 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 Yeah, it's totally stressing me out. Like, it plays with my head. Like, I can't enjoy anything in life if I feel, like, stressed out and tapped for bills. Yeah. Frustration. Embarrassing and shame, too, because you can't keep up with the bill. Mm -hmm. Then you have to learn about how am I going to deal with it, what am I going to tell the person that I borrowed the money from. Mm -hmm. I think for me it's a little different because I feel like I'm cool because I live with my mom and she pays for everything, but <laughs> whenever I feel like I'm in financial restraint, like, I just feel really limited that I can't help other people with like their burdens or like mm. their, you know, like if they want a meal, I can't even like buy you a meal because I'm financially not doing well, and so I just feel really like limited and overwhelmed mm. that I can't do that. Mm. Yeah, I remember as a, um, I think I was, I was either a college student or I just started my career um, you know, I was a victim of, during college, hey, get credit cards and, you know, sign up and get a free, whatever, free hat. <laughs> so I did all that, and um, and I didn't have any money at the time, so I thought, this is great, I, I need this money. And But I remember by the time I graduated, I had accumulated all this credit card, and I got a cell phone, too, through, um, what was it, AirTouch Cellular, and I think I ended up owing them $1,000, and they actually shut off the phone, but I sat down with our, our church administrator at the time, and he um, he said, "Cut up all your your credit cards right now, and um, and start. I want you to start writing down every place you spend money." Now, this is before computers. This is this was all you know, pen and paper, yeah. and that's one of the things I'm gonna um, suggest that you know, if if you're having challenges with that, or if you're counseling someone. You got it. They got to find out where they're spending money because if you don't, you'll you'll never get a hold of it. It's kind of like, well, Gold's Gym. Someone says they want to get in shape. What do you need? You put together a training program. And typically, if you're trying to get on track with your diet, they say write down everything you're eating. I mean, right. I haven't had as much success in that area, but <laughs> I've had um, <laughs> you know five or six <laughs> trainers yeah. that, and I hate doing it. Yeah, write down everything, then email it to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, well, there's programs to track that stuff now, to make it, and I, I want to touch on that a little bit. Like, I've used um, Fitness Pal on, oh, I love that but there's but there's uh, money programs too, where where it, it makes it easier. It, it can almost be a crutch though, some of the online stuff, because it it um, you still have to track it. Um, but let's see. So, credit cards, car loans. It, the other thing I think that that um, that hurts people is, and it hurt and kind of. I should have given this lesson seven or eight years ago, but uh, mortgages. You know, when when the really, and we probably saw that with maybe for ourselves or for for the people that that other people that we know. They bought a home and they figured, hey, this thing's going to keep going up, and, and now it's in for. But that was funny because there's a house in my neighborhood that we wanted to buy, and this one, it was a um, it was a short sale. So basically, the bank pretty much took possession of it um, and it was amazing how much debt was on that house. I think when we started looking at it, they said there was close to $900,000 of loans, but they were trying to sell it for 500000 So it's, it, it's surprising, but um, 
There are some loans out there. I think mortgages is one that typically you're going to get a lower interest rate because you have an asset backing it. I don't want to get into all the details of those kind of things. I mean, Keith, you can give that lesson <laughs> next week. But um, um, the rates are better. Student loans, same thing. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't say that that it's always bad, um, but just something you want to keep in check. The other thing, the other question I get often is should I borrow from my retirement plan at work? Mm. And I just thought, remember, you're borrowing money. So yeah. you still got to pay an interest rate. It's not a free loan. Um, and you just got to check the details on that. So let's look in um, Proverbs 19. And we'll talk a little bit about seeking advice. And then feel free to jump in if you have any questions or thoughts. Um, I'm going to just try to get through this and then go through some practicals that I think would help when you're meeting with people. Um, so Proverbs 19, verse 20, I'll read this. It says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. So, yeah, Proverbs 19, verse 20. According to this, all we have to do is, is seek advice. I think that's one of the areas that's kind of hard because everybody's in a different path in life. Uh, and you're talking about different financial, social ladders, you know. It's, yeah. You know, somebody that's, I mean, I always felt I've always been at the bottom. And there's somebody in the upper middle class that's telling me, well, you should save this much and this is what you should do. And it's like, well, that's not, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. So, it's always like I don't want to get advice from somebody because they don't understand my situation. Uh, but I think you know we should still get something good out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Help us. Yeah, and I think that's one thing to realize that no, no two situations are the same. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, in, in terms of the benevolent requests, it, it's it seeing some of them. There's there's really there's no. Um, there's really no easy answer on, on, on some of them, you know, especially when you when you get down to like health issues or, um, you know, people that are already on disability and, and are not going to go back to work. Um, I have a, a client who's been legally blind for the past 20 years, and he's barely just trying to stay in his home. And um, fortunately, he was able to refinance his loan. But it's he he he's just at the he's at the point of just trying to not outlive his money. He, he's in a little better situation. We've seen somewhere, at least on the, from the balance company, where they don't, they don't have anything. Um, there's nothing left, and it's kind of... Um, there's really no easy answers, and, and really it's kind of beyond our help. We can't... Um, and so you're right. I think uh, that's probably is one of the, one of the key things in, 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 um, in when you sit down with people is is there, there really isn't an easy answer. And what you're trying to do is figure out, based on their circumstances um, and their aptitude for these kind of things, well, what's going to help them best? Because putting spreadsheets, sometimes it's, just, it's not going to help someone. Um, so I, I agree with you there. I want to read one other scripture on, on uh, seeking advice. Uh, Proverbs 15:22. it says, Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. And well, let me just ask that: What's the benefits of seeking advice? You get a different perspective on what's the um, decision, the best that you could do. 
Mm -hmm. So if you're just listening to yourself or you're just thinking about it, then um, you don't know. Maybe you're not seeing it in a different angle or a different solution to where you're at. Yeah. Getting another perspective helps you out. I think it can alter the outcome of whatever decision you were going to take. So I think many times, I myself or people who I get with, they just always say, oh, had I only seek advice first. Mm -hmm. And then they realize, you know, the outcome could have been different of whatever they chose. And at the end of that, I would tell people, like, it's just advice. Like, you're not being told what to do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, aren't you glad? It's still your decision at the end of the day, but, you know, it's that different perspective. I think also it could be a way of hearing God's spirit. Like I think if you're just praying, like God, lead me to the right people, or just filling with your spirit to give you the right answer. Um, and if you get the same answer from certain sources, then obviously you know that's the spirit. So mm -hmm. I think that. Or uh, but I think sisters that's are usually wiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brothers give good advice <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, it's just a way of hearing God. And telling you the truth. I think it's. Um, it can even be something, well, if I'm specifically talking about finances, it, it brings it out to light. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? These, this is my finances. This is what I have. It's what Satan can't use it, you know, as a whole. As well as, you know, it can be also an accountability kind of thing if you want that, if that person wants it. Mm -hmm. Like, at least it's out there so somebody can even follow back up. Yeah. Like, yeah. how is that area going? But, you know, it, so it's you're constantly, like, going towards a better attraction. Yeah, I think too, so easily our perspectives can be skewed on what's important and what's not, or what can set to you, you know, on. And um, especially, you know, going to people that we really respect or have, you know, shown success in that area of their life, or, you know, maybe even come from a similar place, you know, before. I think um, the church is filled with, with, you know, great resources of people that have. Yeah, we have so many people at our disposal, and there's there's people that 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 want to give advice, and as long if we just initiate and ask them, I mean, I've I've talked to a lot, I've gotten a lot of free legal counsel from attorneys. They might not like it, but um, it's uh, there are a lot of professionals in the church, and it's really nice to be able to get spiritual advice from yeah. professionals. Because sometimes you may get advice from professional, but it's not spiritually based, yeah, and um, may still be good advice, but um, they're missing kind of the main component of, of what we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so it, you want to be careful with that. Um, let's see. I'm going to keep going here. Um, so even like when we, we did the um, – in the old South region before we merged with um, – with the West, we uh, not so long ago. But, um, <laughs> before the merger, we did we did a program through Crown Financial, and it was really good. We actually did a training for the whole region, and um, but I know you know Henry made it very clear that hey, I'm not I'm not endorsing your services in front of the church, and I said well, that's fine, you know. And I, I would just tell you be cautious that you know when you go into any kind of business ventures, I whether with Christians or without Christians or with family members, some of the worst things that I've seen are people that you trust the most, family members and, and, and brothers and sisters. And, and I've seen plenty of relationships um, yeah. you know, go south because of that. So I would just say proceed with caution. Typically, um, 
those are the ones who are going to propose to you, right? Because they know you and then you trust them. And um, But I would, on those kind of situations, I would, especially if they're asking for a large sum of money, I would seek advice, seek, seek a second opinion. Um, I've seen, um, you know, something, and it's a situation I have a few years back, and basically, um, well, it was a client I worked with, it was someone I've known for 20 plus years, and they lost their home, they lost all their, pretty much everything. They were starting over from scratch. And this is a family with three young kids. Uh, he had a good job. He um, he ended up, you know, just making a bad decision with his money and two years later lost everything, pretty mm-hmm. much starting over. And um, it was pretty sad, but, um, you know, I just think some of those things can be prevented um, by, by seeking a second or third opinion. So... Let's go on to Proverbs 3, verse 9. Talk a little bit about giving. Um, Proverbs 3, can someone read verse 9 and 10? Uh, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with o- to overflowing, and your vats will bring over with new wine. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to giving, um, I would say for the most part, in, in all the times of counseling, Christians are pretty generous with their money. I mean, um, there there have been a few instances where um, where I've counseled. I think you're giving too much. I think you're you're giving. You're just not. You're you're giving irresponsibly. It's it's rare. I'll tell you that's the exception. That's probably <laughs> you take a, a room of 100 disciples. That's probably like three or four. But but um, but that does happen and. Um, I think you want to give in a way that uh, that's wise, and, um, and I, I never want to discourage someone from from giving. It's 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 probably not a good thing, but but um, overall, you know, hopefully we we're generous. We're generous with money, and that's something even when you're counseling, you want to. That's one of the things we look for in the benevolence committee: is are they generous? Are they regular givers? Um, you know, have they? They're asking for money from the church, but are they are they tithing? Are they even tithing? That's kind of a word that um, we're kind of we've kind of I'm also on the RFAC committee for the for the region, and that's a word we're going to kind of stop using. Talk talk more about calling it an offering. So because really that's what it is. It's you're you're giving what you've decided to give, and um, a tithe is is an old testament. It's a good good standard that I think a lot of us use, but. It's not necessarily a law that we, we hold people to today. Um, so the one thing I would mention giving, I think one question, I, I, probably the question I get asked more than anything in regard to giving is, do you give out of your net or do you give out of your gross? Right? Any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, that was a hard one because for the longest time I actually gave out of my uh, net. And um, because I just thought, okay, that's the money coming to me. Yeah. But I remember um, Marco preaching at one time about, you know, giving out of your gross, which at first was really hard because I was just like, what? That one never even came to me. <laughs> I have to still give out of that. But I was really grateful that when I actually did do it, actually, because, I mean, those also, because I was also getting sent to, the fir- I remember the first and the next month, I, I hit the highest I've ever hit in my sales. 
I was so blown away. Like, ever since I've just been giving my girls and just trusting that God will take care of it. And to be honest, when I really think about it, that money is going to something better than what I would have used it for because I'm single, I'm usually going to use it for going out and hanging out with my friends. Why not go to something pretty much helpful? But I'm sure that everybody is different and everybody's situation is different, so I don't know if it came down to being married, having family, kids, and other things too yeah. as well. All right. Yeah, I mean, one one of the examples I like using is that if you're if you're to me if you're giving out of your net, what you're saying is you value your U.S. citizenship or your or your place in this country more than you do your residency, more than you do your your place in God's kingdom. And because figure you get taxed on your gross, right? They don't they don't say now nah, we're going to exclude that. Um, they want to see everything. And so, just a couple thoughts on that. It's um, yeah, I think giving your first fruits, giving your best. Um, let's finish in First Timothy six. This is a great scripture on money, and I think, to be honest with you, I think this is kind of, I think this is one of the biggest challenges we're up against in the church right now is um, perspective, perspectives about money, and because I, I think since I've been a disciple, it's I've seen this kind of shift, and I think part of it has to do with We've gotten older as a church. It was funny. My mom visited the church on Mother's Day. She hadn't been to church, our church, in probably, gosh, probably 15 years. So she comes. She says, "Wow, the church has changed a lot. Looks like there's a lot of older people." And I said, "Well, when you came, it was 15 years ago. So we're all 15 years older." Um, but you know, I, I think because of that, because our demographics have shifted some. Um, some of our needs have shifted and some of our um, you know the things that we want and our desires have shifted but this is a great scripture out of 1 Timothy 6 it says people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction for the love of money now this is this is something that people get confused on because they'll say money is the root of all evil that's not what it says says the love of money is the root of all evil and all, of all kinds of evil some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs and we've probably seen that happen you know people walking away because for whatever reason for a job for for more pay and um, but I think that's at least from my perspective that's one of the biggest challenges we're up against is this this desire to make more money to have more money it's kind of so many things in our society feeds into that and even in my industry it's really um, it's a battle I have to constantly kind of keep these things in check seek advice get open and and because um, there's that temptation to say you know what I need I need to make more I need to uh, have more and it's kind of like and I think that's one of the big deceptions is that I just don't have enough I, I, I need more um, and <coughs> I don't think it's necessarily, sometimes I think it is, it's the world. One of the bigger challenges I've seen is, it's when you see other Christians that have achieved success, and it's like, when you see the world, sometimes, I, what I've noticed is, Christians go, well, they're in the world, they're, he's, he's working 80, 90 hours a week, so he's, he's due to make a lot of money. When we see Christians making money, being successful, ha- creating wealth, sometimes there's that, feeling of, well, I should too then, because I'm, I'm a child of God, I should have that same privilege, and so I, I would just be careful with that, you know, recently we were studying a Bible, the Bible with a guy who was younger than me, had this 
huge home in Palos Verdes, and um, I had heard that um, that you know his his wife was going to be on the Real Housewives of, of uh, Palos Verdes. That's a show that's coming out. Probably, I'm not I'm not recommending watching it, but it's coming out. I don't I haven't watched this, but apparently they're going to come out with one right here, based in the South Bay, Real Housewives. Of, and apparently, um, th- this guy's wife is going to be on it. And um, but I went to his house. I picked him up for midweek, and, and um, I'm looking. Oh my God, this is huge. And uh, and there was that temptation of, wow, I wonder how we made this money. I want to find out. You know, <laughs> through driving along, I said, so what? Tell me more about your business. You know, kinda, and and then I had to guard my heart because I'm like, yeah. you know, you're just asking too many questions here. You're trying to and. Um, but it was funny because once we started getting deeper in the study, he started telling me, hey, you know what? We, I've made a lot of money, but we also spent, you know, I made, I think he told me they made, he made a million dollars last year, but they spent a million and a half. So it's kind of, oh. even though what you see is nice cars yeah. and a big house, he's like, we don't have any money because we're spending all of it. And um, so, and, and at the time, they were right on the verge of a divorce. And so um, there was a lot of, um, challenges going on, and um, so, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I think that is a temptation that um, that we have, and you, I think it's something, you know, you have to be open about. It's kind of one of those things you don't keep it in check. You just, yeah. it's easy to just kind of fall into. You just forget about it. You start thinking it's acceptable, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stop and. Um, and then just kind of talk about a few, a few practicals. Um, so what I did is I, and I guess Marco I think was going to post this on, on was there? A, do you guys have a, a website yeah. to vote yeah. singles? Okay, I think he was going to post this on there. Um, and so what I did is I just, it's basically just the scriptures we just read, and then I just put down three practicals. I tried to keep it very simple. So. This is similar to the same thing that we do with the Benevolence Committee. Um, how's it going? Um, so this is um, this is basically just to get an idea of the second sheet that says financial statement. We're just trying to find out how much do you have, you know, what do you own, what do you owe, kind of give me a, a snapshot of what's going on. And typically, um, I try not to make it too cumbersome. As you can see, it's pretty simple. All I, All we're looking for is... I just, hey, just, just give me some round numbers, you know, because some people, like for my work, I'll hand them up something like this, and they go back, and they're trying to find every single statement, and it takes six months later, they're like, I'm still looking for all, I'm like, don't worry about it, I'm like, just, just come in, and we'll just talk about what you have, but you, I mean, you, ultimately, you want people to feel like this is something they can do, that they're capable of, there can be change here, but this will just give you a, a rough idea of, okay, let's see. You've got um, $50,000 of, of different kinds of assets, and you've got uh, $51,000 in debt. So you owe more than, you know, so we got to fix this. we gotta, we got to do something to, uh, to change that. Um, then if you look on the second, second page you have there, budgeting sheet. And I know you guys love doing budgets, right? It's your favorite thing. Well, I'll tell you that there's a lot of online programs you can use. If you have the discipline to do it, there there are um, there's a lot of programs that will do this stuff for you. I would tell you, though, you have to find one that works for you. And um, 
I'm not endorsing it, but the one that I use is a program called Mint.com, and it's it's good because one, it's free, but also it's pretty good at feeding all the information in. It's uh, you have to go in and you have to monitor it. So just like um, if I was sitting down with somebody, they said, you know, few people say I really want to get help in this area. I want to go through all this, and I really I'm going to do that budget that that you you know most of the time they want a quick fix, right? They want to find out. Usually the question I get is, should I go to this debt consolidator and just get it done? And usually I'll sometimes I'll say yes, but um, a lot of times I'll say, you know what, this is in the long run, this is probably better for you. And so what this is is the first column is just an estimate. A lot of times when I'm in my office and someone says, you know, I'm struggling financially and um, I, I'm just not, not not getting ahead. I'll just pull out a pen and piece of paper and I'll say, okay, well, let's talk about it. How much money are you making on a monthly basis? Write that down. Now tell me about your expenses. Usually, when I look at the numbers they gave me, they should have a lot of money left over. And all I'm doing is I'm trying to show them that they have no idea where they're spending money. And hopefully that'll get them to go back and go, okay, I better start tracking this. And there's different ways you can do it. You can still get a, well, some places don't like giving receipts anymore, so it's a little harder doing that these days. But with your online banking, you can you can do it that way. I've, I create this. This is just hard copy. For someone that says, I don't have a computer, I don't. I, I was helping a brother, this was probably seven or eight years ago, and he, he said, I don't have any money, and he wasn't making it. He was on disability. And I said, well, try this. Just try to start saving $50 a month. And you probably are not going to miss it. So he did. And then after about a year and a half, he had $1,000 in that in that bank account. And he calls me with me and he says, I need that $1,000. I said, for what? He says, I need a computer, uh, a laptop. And I was thinking, I said, now when's the last time you had $1,000 in your bank? He said, never. And I said, well, there's a, there's a reason why. Because you spend it every time. But um, what you're trying to do is helpful to see that um, you know, when you spend, when, every time you spend money, it has an effect on your finances. So what I'm doing on the first column is, hey, give me an estimate. I want, I don't want them to look at anything. I'm just saying, guess what you're spending here, and then see what numbers they come up with. And then the next three months, write down actually where you're spending money, and then, then through that, you can come up with a budget and say, hey, and I don't expect they'll do this for the rest of their lives, but do it enough so that they can at least get a grasp on this is where my money's going. Like I said, there's online programs you can use. There's a lot of them. Um, and we were talking about, I had a meeting yesterday in my office, and they were saying, well, don't endorse Mint.com in front of people because they could get hacked, and now you're going to be liable. So whatever. <laughs> so I'm saying there's other ones out there also. You can use Quicken. You can use Mint. Quicken was kind of a standard for a long time, and I think it still works. Um, but ultimately, you just got to find something that, that works for you. And... Let's see if I have any any questions. Any of this. The other thing I would say is, and I'm thankful you guys are here that you could say I'll be willing to meet with you on a regular basis. One of the things we did, the Money Map Coaching. You guys might know Vincent Nicole Robertson, yeah. them, and there was two other couples. After we did Crown, we did this other thing called Money Map Coach, and we actually did training and. It was very extensive. It was um, 
what we were trying to do was train them to go back and be counselors in their sectors, but we found out it was just it was just too much work. It was a long time commitment. And it was just too much. So, um, what what we've tried to do is just kind of simplify it because it became it became too much on the people that were doing the coaching, and it was and I think it was a little too cumbersome for most people to keep track of. So, um, I would just say, hey, find something that that works for for the person and. Whether it's the computer, whether it's a pen and paper, um, and if they want the help, if they don't want the help, if, you, if you've met three times and they're still not doing it, then you just got to be honest. Man, I don't think this is something that that you necessarily want. You know, I was really impressed because one of the, the single sisters in the South Bay, um, someone approached me at church. Oh, can you call so and so? She needs some help. And and I said, Yes, I'm doing. It. And I totally forgot. And um, and then she called me and and um, at my office and. And I, and I walked through some things, and I said, I didn't have a lot of time to talk to her. I said, here's something I'd recommend. Um, da, 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 I'll email it to you. The very next day, she sends back all this stuff to me. And I was like, wow. I mean, I was I was impressed. Now, I mean, there was some real challenges with her finances, but, I mean, that initiation, I'll tell you this right now. I rarely see that. Typically, it's one meeting, and I never hear back again. Um, so... It, it does. It's something that you have to put effort into. I can tell you right now, in the um, in the clients that I work with, the ones that have money, it's pretty simple. They spend less than what they make. I mean, that's the way. It, I mean, there are some there's some rare instances where people inherit money, or they, you know, I we have one really wealthy client who got the money through a lawsuit. He lost his son in like a fatal accident. So I mean, those are not good reasons to get money, but that's that's the reason why some people get money or they inherit it because someone's passed away. But those are rare. I mean, it's probably less than 5%. Most of the other ones, it's because they've just saved it. And I remember this one guy came in our office. He had he had duct tape on his arm. It's an older Chinese man. And I kind of laughed. I was like, it wasn't my client. I was just so I walked by, and after the point was that I told the guy who was working with me, I said, oh, wow, that guy's got duct tape on his jacket. I'm like, it just kind of really stood out. And and then he told me, that guy's worth $20 million. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm thinking, couldn't he afford a jacket? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it just gives you kind of an indication as to some people, they just don't spend money. He probably doesn't think, I don't need to buy a jacket. This one works fine. <laughs> anyway, so I appreciate what you guys are doing. I think, um, I'm not sure where this is leading to, um, but um, I appreciate what you're doing. You're, you're welcome to contact me if, um, if you have any more questions about it. And um, yeah, thank you. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.